interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everyone. Happy New Year. It is a brand new episode of my bloody podcast. It has been a few months, I believe, since we've done a my bloody podcast episode, but Brian Kluger, this person right here who is talking and the co-host with the most, the man who I just want to watch horror movies with every day, every hour, every minute of my life with, Preston Barta. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's just, well, it's just always, how long has it been, man? I feel, I mean, we, you and I talk every day, but I we haven't done a show in so long. I think it's just holidays, COVID, the election. I just. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. I don't, I don't remember. I feel like we had a guest on last time. We did Hunter Hunter, Sean Linden. Okay. So that wasn't too long ago, but it was about a month. Right, right, right. Uh, But yeah, we're just glad to be back doing like a, Kind of like a normal esh show, no no guests on today, but we 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 have a great my bloody podcast for you today because it is the new year. It is January seventh, and so this podcast we're going to talk about all the horror movies you might have missed from twenty twenty, and then we're going to talk about some of the awesome ones that are coming out in twenty twenty one that you might want to keep your eye on. Uh, so kind of like a fun little episode uh, that. I want to give you suggestions on what horror movies uh, to watch because you might have missed some this year and we don't want you to miss out on them in 2021 so far. So uh, sh- shall we get started right away? Yeah. Let's, let's get started. So let's go down the list of horror movies in 2020. So I do believe we have to start at the very beginning, Preston, where you and I fought tooth and nail in a steel cage match over this movie but underwater 2020 started with underwater and basically the remake sequel reboot of the grudge again but uh (laughs) it was it was underwater with uh what's her name jay stew yeah kristen stewart that started it all for the year 2020 and it was an underwater monster cthulhu movie of epic proportions i hated it and preston (laughs) loved it so i mean i can't in good conscience recommend this one i mean it's out now you can watch it most places but i don't know if preston have you watched this movie since then and do you still like it as much as you did back then I have watched it since then. Um, my wife hadn't seen it yet. And so when they released it on disc, uh, her and I watched it together. Or I guess it was digital at that time. It was like right smack in the middle of uh, COVID. And especially when it like just 
just started when we were all in quarantine. I think I only got a digital copy then. So uh, we watched it together and I still enjoyed it. Um, she loved it. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I guess it says a little bit of something that when you brought it up, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. If you because you some of you who are listening audio wise can't see uh <laughs> Preston's face but I'm sure he was wondering like what is he gonna say now I don't remember what movie started I know, yeah I, I thought it was gonna be a complete different movie perhaps the last one of the last movies that we saw in theaters but um but uh yeah uh I think Underwater I gave it three out of five when I saw it and I think it's just like a mild recommendation I think if I think there's quite a bit of content out there right now horror wise that is far superior but at that time, when I was looking for a palate cleanser, we were coming off of the award season. It just gave me what I wanted. And so, and especially during that dry period when there wasn't much of any movies coming out, I still thought it was worth checking out. So, yeah, this is ta- we're talking about like the first week or two of January where really nothing good comes out. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And then, of course, there was... I th- the Grudge was the, in 2020, right? Like that remake reboot? Yeah, I think it was January. You, you saw it, I think. I did, wow. and I hated it as well. It was not good. Because they rebooted... So it's like a reboot of a reboot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same stuff. It, did, it was not good. So, but there is that. And then we move along like a few weeks. And in it was late February... It's probably in late February when The Invisible Man came out. Uh, the uh, remake, a modern remake of the old Universal Horror. Uh, and I remember seeing this in, I think it was, was it Addison at a Look Cinema, I believe, for a press screening. And the sound is just amazing. But the movie itself was so good. I personally loved the Invisible Man remake. I just thought that it did what I wanted it to be. It took it in a new direction. I loved it. Preston, what'd you think? Uh, I love it too. Um, it made probably out of my list. I, I look, I put, I released my top of the year, but I also created like a little section called best horror films of the year. And there's quite a few, even just thinking about the, the year that 2020 was and there's there's quite a few movies that I, I think I missed I know there's one and we're probably going to talk about it later on once we get uh, further down the year but uh, I put it as my number two I think The Invisible Man is just the, the horror films that I tend to gravitate towards are ones that are just super subtle and I think there's there's this one critic who put it so well i don't know if it was for this movie but he described it for one movie where it's uh filmmakers who are working their ass off to make it seem like they didn't work their ass off and that's what that movie seems like like if you watch the behind the scenes that they videos that they've released of like uh elizabeth moss fighting uh the entity in the kitchen like they did some wizardry like cinematic wizardry by putting a camera to like mimic the the same movement and they would shoot it with her without her and all this other stuff and so um i just think that that movie is just really exceptionally well uh, really well done exceptionally acted um and I, I love how it ends i love where it could go 
um, I was just really surprised by it. And so, uh, and it's, it's held up and I've, I've since revisited it a few times and I, I enjoy it and the score is great. Yes. No score is amazing. They put it out on Mondo vinyl. Uh, thank you. Our friends at Mondo. Uh, yeah, no, it's good stuff. And so before we get into the quarantine, the lockdown horror movies, uh, because they all kind of run together for the most part, but right before that also maybe kind of around sort of the same time, there was a movie called fantasy Island that came out, which was uh, also a remake on the old TV show, fantasy Island. This one, uh, instead of granting your wishes, uh, with a happy kind of thing. It was really horrific and sadistic and stuff like that. So I don't think it did well. I don't think many people really saw it, but right before everything shut down, theater shut down, Fantasy Island was around that time. Um, Did you get a chance to see this? I did see it. And I'm one of the few positive reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and I got a lot of shit for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Preston loves all horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also gave it a three out of five. Um, that I don't know if also my expectations were low at the time and uh, film, film was a bit dry at the moment, but uh, I watched it when I didn't catch it during its first run. I don't know. I can't remember if it, had a theatrical I, I know it played in the drive-ins I think it did I think I want to say that it did play at a few theaters right before all that right so I caught it when they did like a digital release of it and so I watched it then and so my wife and I sat down Friday night after the kids down and and just enjoyed it. it was like a little popcorn movie I think there's a lot in it that is very stupid and idiotic um but I think also for what it was, it there, there's a lot of things that it accomplished. Uh, there's a few, there was thrilling moments. I think there were some moments that were, were well done. And so I enjoyed it. Um, so I also give that one a mild recommendation. Oh, good. Mildly recommendation. What about, okay, so before we move on to the, the, the quarantine one, there was one that came out right, like literally right before it was our last screening. We saw together in the screening still to this day, but I didn't know if it's considered a horror or not. I mean, I feel like it's more like dark comedy, maybe action, but it could be conceived as horror, which is The Hunt, which had like nationwide controversy of its subject matter and all sorts of stuff, but it's a super fun movie. I guess some people can put it in the horror category this is fine because it's got that horror aspect to it but man the hunt about a group of uh liberal elites kidnapping a bunch of redneck hick republicans and then hunger games battle royale styling them uh even more now (laughs) yeah yeah i know it's just it's yeah even more now yeah no it's it's really funny it's uh it's a great movie. It's darkly funny. I really enjoyed it. The acting is superb. The fight choreography is excellent. Uh, it evokes Kill Bill style fighting. Um, I, I like this movie and this was still to this day, the last movie I saw in the theater. <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't my last one, but uh, I think it was a lot. It was definitely the last one that we saw. Together. Correct. Um yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one too. I, I knew it was going to be funny, but I didn't think it was going to be that funny. And so I was laughing all throughout. There's just like little moments here and there, just little things that they would do. Uh, 
whether it's just like somebody making a joke or somebody who you thought was going to be a big part of the movie and they didn't end up being a big part of the movie, whether that's being blown up or whatever. But uh, I was just kind of like, my mouth was just agape <laughs> for, for most of it, just, just going along for the ride and the, the little jokes that they would say uh, here and there. And they wouldn't just, you know, hit at, MAGA hat wearing people but um they would make fun of uh all different types of people and so I just kind of enjoyed it for it just take a scatter shot of like it was uh like everybody was a uh, fair game when it came to uh taking a jab right I think the moral of that movie is don't judge a book by its cover <laughs> right so uh no uh the the hunt is great. Um, so we're moving on into the quarantine territory. And I will say that out of the ocean of horror movies that were released, I guess you can call it ocean, maybe like a little river, but um, most of them are not great, but there's a few in there that are really, really good. Um, so I guess one we can bring up is uh, let's see, what do we want to start with relic? You want to start with relic? Sure. What do you think about Relic? I loved Relic. Um, there's been quite a few movies this year that have either dealt with similar themes. Uh, this one, well, there's two in particular. One is more of a drama, but I would argue it's a horror movie that I just saw recently uh, that's coming out, I guess, this year. But um yeah, I dealt with uh, dementia. Just kind of explored that through the the genre setting. Um, that was also a movie that I didn't know what to expect from it, and it ended up surprising me, especially uh, by the end, where it just had kind of like a quiet place where the characters are really interesting. I like hanging out with them. Um, I was just emotionally invested in where they were going and what their, their story was going to be and what this big reveal was going to be too. I didn't know, um, I'm trying to tiptoe around spoiler territory, but I was just really uh, affected by the, the ending of it. Um, especially like the last five minutes or so. Um, I think it's a little on the nose when it comes to exploring some of these or like showing it's the, the metaphors or like how it uh, presents a lot of these, I don't know, like manifestations of concepts. Um, I think it's not quite as subtle as it could have been, but the fact that my wife and I could just have a discussion about uh, like what the movie was really about was just like really rewarding. So I think there's, there's quite a bit to uh, mine in, in that film. Right. And do you, would you, would you consider this movie a ghost story or a haunted house movie or both? Um, it's hard. Cause there's another movie this year that was probably my favorite horror movie that was very similar where it just uses like a haunted house ghost type of, story to explore like these dark emotional stuff that's kind of going on within us um areas that uh most people tend to ignore um or don't get enough attention to um and so i i i think that by way of horror 
I'm able to uh, think about those things a little more deeply than it, it, it would be if it was something like a documentary about dementia or whatever, uh, something a little more head on. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Cool. No, uh, Relic is good. It's, it's produced by Jake Gyllenhaal, which is cool. Um, no, it's, it's got atmosphere. It's got all that good stuff. Um, let's move on. Well, let's talk about, I guess, just your favorite one that you might have saw in 2019. But let me guess if your favorite one is The Lodge. It is not. It is not. So, what, okay. So, what's I did the favorite? Like the Lodge. Okay. So, what, so, before we get to The Lodge, what was your favorite one? Uh, his house his house this is one i did not see yeah it's on uh it's on netflix right now um this is uh, like i was saying this is one of those movies that also like delves into things that i haven't really seen before and uh like i was mentioning that there's quite a bit of or at least the horror movies that i've liked the most this year they all they had this common thread of films that manifest concepts or ideas through spook through spooky through spooky things um so in this case it's uh ghosts or like a haunted house representing the emotional darkness within ourselves and so that that idea was fascinating to me so um for those who haven't seen it it's about a refugee couple who escaped their lives in a worn torn uh country which is uh, south sudan uh they escape to start a new life and it's like random town britain or london like it's just or i guess it's not even in like a major city it's just uh this really small town so i guess you could say like anywhere usa but anywhere uh, uh britain um however the the real crux of it all is uh that they're leaving the horror behind of their of their country their past lives and they discover that there's that that horror doesn't leave them like there's there's this great quote in this uh, Robert Pat underappreciated Robert Pattinson movie called uh, Damsel, where the late Robert Forrester says um, he's talking about the concept of like a fresh start and how we think that the grass is going to be greener on the other side. However, you know, when we get there, things are quote uh, shitty and fascinating in many different ways. Um, <laughs> so when this uh, particular couple gets to uh, this uh, place that they're living at, um, they're facing many injustices, alienation. So it's very sad and harrowing to watch. So about two thirds of it or so, is just about following this couple and just dealing with their everyday struggles. Um, and, but it also gives you like insight into like what refugees may go through. Like I haven't seen too many movies that have explored that. And so I think that's what gave it a unique quality and made it compelling for me to watch. However, there's a horror layer to it. And uh, that's like this haunted house ghost thing, except th these ghosts and this haunted house represents ideas such as, or themes such as guilt. And um, the imagery in the film is just really incredible. Like it's, it's a, I believe it's a first time filmmaker. And the fact that this filmmaker was able to create these really horrific images um, having really not done any film work. I'm sure he's done, they've done short films, but uh, how they do it is uh, they would be in a setting, like they would be in their house and then the camera would kind of come in 
and uh, be get really intimate. And then it would back out and they would be in a completely different setting. So it would just uh, bring this dreamlike quality to it that was really haunting. Um, there's, uh, there's a shot that reminded me a little bit of like being inside the soul stone in the Avengers. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that it's like a full-on horror movie i think just like something like relic although i I would say probably relic tips a little more towards or uh uses a little more horror ingredients like this one just felt like there's images in the film that will never leave me one in particular but i wouldn't say it's like a ah kind of thing or in your face it's just really gets underneath your skin and really causes you to think um and there's a twist that happens about two thirds through that's a real subtle twist. So don't think like M not Shyamalan or anything like that. It's just like a, a reveal about the characters that you're, you know, emotionally invested in. And then you begin to kind of question uh, them as people. Um, so yeah, I was really uh, surprised by that one. I think it says a lot about uh, the world today. So I, I would have to, I think when I create my top of the years list, they have to, in some way or form, at least to me, either be a reflection of me or my thoughts, what I'm, or, or even the year that we're going through. And I feel like there's a lot of that in that film, uh, His House. So that's on Netflix right now and you can watch it. Look at that. Uh, that's, I need to see this movie. I, it's weird that I haven't seen Preston's top horror movie of the year. So, but I will do it. Netflix um, oh yeah so the lodge man that was such a long time ago so we saw <laughs> i saw that at fantastic fest 2019 yeah so i was going to say you saw it in 2019 but i know you loved it and it finally came out in 2020 yeah yeah it did um and uh it seemed like people didn't really uh take to it as much as i thought they would um i, I didn't at the time i didn't think um because what I was going off, what I was excited about going to see that that particular movie, and I got lucky. I think they're the the one screening they had felt like they only had like forty seats in it. So somehow I got into that at Fantastic Fest, and um, I, I believe it was like a slash film review or something like that. They were saying that it was one of the scariest movies uh, in quite some time. Um, so I was thinking something like on the level of Hereditary, or yes, uh, yeah. but it was. I think the lodge because I, I saw it and I, I did enjoy it. I mean, it's a slow burn and it's a Christmas yeah. movie, I guess you can say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it kind of like, um, I, so I think hereditary is a slow burn movie as well, but I think it's told in a better fashion. I think there's just more going on to it than the lodge. Although if, if you're not, so for the lodge, it follows um, a family who gets stranded at this, at this cabin um, in the middle of nowhere, basically. And all sorts of, you know, hor- horrifying things start to happen, but it all stems from, I think the mother's uh, previous few years or something like that. Yeah, the stepmother, um, or soon to be, I can't remember if they got uh, Richard Armitage, uh, I believe that's his name, the guy that's in The Hobbit, plays one of the dwarves. Yeah, it's Richard Armitage, yes. 
so he's the dad and so he has two kids but yeah it's it stems from uh something that happens with the mom and then it involves like these two kids going to this uh, remote location where the dad works and it's just an opportunity for the kids to get to know their stepmother so think like parent trap but really fucked up um, so, <laughs> that's um, true that's true yeah yeah um but uh yeah it's a slow burn there's just like there's some things there's like one thing in particular where i was just like man this is really fascinating and i really hope they go in this direction they ended up dialing it back a bit um but i think it would have been way more horrific if they went down this one route because there's like one scene in particular that happens and you're like, Oh shit. Um, <laughs> but, but then uh, it ends up being something else or come, comes back to reality in a way. Um, so it wasn't quite as impactful as I wanted it to be, but I think it was still pretty effective, um, especially for what it, what it explores. There's a lot of like spoiler territory that I would love to dive into a little bit more, but um, I think that's just what makes it really fascinating to dig into some of those deeper themes yeah and so the director is veronica franz and she did uh good night mommy which also involves kids as well yeah yeah great companion piece too yeah they're 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 pretty similar all right so there's the lodge and then there's one the the airbnb horror movie of 2020 the rental which was yeah dave franco's directorial debut yeah um, and of course, Alison Bree's in it, and our main man, uh, what's his name, who we've talked to, <laughs> guest. Yeah, from the guest, uh, D- Dan, um, Stevens. Yeah, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens uh, is in it. So, the rental. There's problems with it, but there's like a good setup horror story to it. Maybe in the hands of a, another filmmaker, it would have, I think, been a a bigger lasting impression on me, but i still, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't think it's something I'm rushing out to see again. Yeah, I, I do own it. Um, it, it reminded me a little bit of, but a much lesser version of creep. Yes. That like the way that it ends, like it, you're like, Oh man, they can just keep going with these. And I, I think that was like, pretty much maybe Dave Franco had more about like the potential of where this could go more so than focusing on the details of what he had. Yeah. So there's, I I got frustrated with some of the characters and a lot of like what happens um, in the later half, the latter half of it, I was really frustrated with. So I don't know. It's like, there was things that I liked about it. And then there's things I didn't like about it. I didn't like how the killer looked like uh, the uh, Ryan Gosling from Drive when he's got his <laughs> got his mask on and everything. It, even down to the poster uh, marketing that they had, it like shows him with the hammer. Um, so you could just see that Dave Franco was influenced by a lot of different filmmakers, and I don't think it quite came across uh, to be in that like a truly original take on something. Um, so I, I also gave that one kind of a three out of five, but that one, I think I had higher expectations for, and it didn't quite meet them, but it was still like a, uh, a decent uh, film. Right. Right. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, moving on. Let's talk a little bit about Antebellum, which was 
judging by the trailer of the movie was going to be the next big bad horror movie to come out basically since get out or something like that. And Oh boy, was it not um, mostly due to its horrific, not horrific and swear as scariness, but just horrible, awful ending twist ending. Yeah. Did what? I mean, so it's kind of, they kind of set it up in the trailer, how it's like time travel, there's you know a slave in old times cut to present day where this slave in this old times is actually um, a highly renowned, very successful author touring yeah. um, present day. And then just all sorts of weird stuff starts to happen and racism and all sorts of crazy things. And then the twist ending M. Night Shyamalan would love to hate. It just, it ruined everything that came before it. <laughs> it was one of those movies where you like it and then the ending comes and you just want to stand up and yell, boo. Yeah. Did you feel that way, Preston? I was very upset with this movie. I think there was quite a bit in the movie and I talked to the filmmakers too. Luckily, I didn't get to, I didn't have to review it because um, <laughs> it, it just would have been really complex for me to try to articulate it into a review, especially after when I interviewed the filmmakers, there was a lot of things that positives that I focused on. I think there was like little things here and there um, that I thought were, were well done. For instance, just something as small as, and it's been probably done by other filmmakers, but uh, there's a scene where Janelle Monae, uh, who's the main star of the film, like somebody she knows is in the other room possibly getting raped or hurt and she can hear the screams and then she's in another room Janelle Monet, and she's like tearing up but putting her hand on the wall as if like to almost console her friend like to make it seem like you know we're all going through this together and it's so tough um and so I felt like at that time, like it spoke a little bit to me about like what we were going through, through the pandemic, we were facing a lot of stuff and, you know, like everybody has their own story of hardships that they faced. And so there was just like little things that I found um, in there that probably were not, maybe not intentional. Uh, like I'm, I'm sure like the filmmakers weren't thinking about the pandemic and there's probably other people that watch it don't, that weren't even thinking that too. They were just, um, it's just like what came up to me. Um, but overall, there was just things that just did not click, um, especially um, the ending. Um, there's one great line of dialogue in it where it sets up something that could possibly happen. And it came from Janelle Monet talking about her grandmother. And she said that our ancestors haunt us to see their, their lives forward. And I mm -hmm. thought that was like, Ooh, that's some good, that's like, like that's a good direction for you to go in. And I thought this film was going to be in somewhat, somewhat based on this uh, book that I read in my African-American literature class in college called Kindred that dealt with time travel that had people from the present, which was the seventies going back to the past and just kind of getting this whole new perspective of life and then being jumped back in. And then how do you live your life when you've endured all this pain? Um, and so I thought the movie was going to go in that direction and it didn't, it was a little more straightforward. And um, I just didn't, didn't appreciate that. Um, it felt cheap to me. Um, so 
I, think I feel like that's what happened. I felt like they didn't have any money. So there was like, okay, so we'll just do this ending. <laughs> well, I, I know that the, those, the filmmakers, uh, Bush and Renz, they wanted to initially do it as a short film. And then they expanded upon it. And so um, I'd be interested to know like what that initial short film was going to be like. It probably would have dealt with that same ending, but I think maybe there was things where like, you're not so much wrapped up in the narrative because you're spending so much time that it could have been a little better if it was shorter, but um, yeah, it it just didn't quite uh, do it for me in the end. So I, I I would give it like 2.5 out of five. So it wouldn't get a passing grade, but there, there are some good things about it, but I was just left too frustrated. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too, sir. Uh, Did you catch a movie that came out this year called the owners? I did not. Okay, so the owner stars uh, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, um, Arya Stark, and it's about her and a group of people. It's kind of similar to Don't Breathe, um, but it's like a group of idiots that teenage idiots, basically, who kind of try to rob a person's house. And these people who they rob are an elderly couple. Well, the my how the turntables do turn on them. (laughs) (laughs) Your wife made that reference last night. Uh, so yeah, that still make, still has its way in culture, I guess. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's a, it's pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, the elderly couple just completely, uh, torture and kill these kids. And it's amazing. Uh, it's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. Uh, Maisie Williams is in it. I guess this is post, uh, Game of Thrones. So, there's, there's not, I mean, it's not a great movie, but I think you'll have fun with it. Check out the owners. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Uh, also, we've got to talk about Peninsula, like the highly, yeah. uh, the, the highly anticipated sequel to Train to Busan, one of the best Korean zombie movies. Hey, I could say one of the best zombie movies, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, out there training to Busan, but this is Peninsula, the sequel. Uh, this is awesome. This is a good sequel. This is how sequels are done. Um, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I love the first one way more uh, just because I guess it has the, the element of surprise there. Um, but it's almost like kind of going from alien to aliens, a uh, little, little more action, I would say. Um, but, still uh, both good movies though yeah, still good i think it's 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 super solid yeah i like i like it so it, check out peninsula if you like train to busan if you like zombie stuff do it um we both watched the dark and the wicked i believe with our boy uh michael abbott jr who we interviewed um Pre- preston had a had a great conversation about the death of dick long with him <laughs> yeah. but uh this is a good movie it's got like you know it's a uh, Horror, kind of slow burn, but good performances. Very moody. Yeah. And then a little bit of, uh, or at least mood wise, uh, what's that one? The Devil's Candy. Yes. That reminded me of that feeling a little bit. Right. It's kind of dirty, kind of gross, and just uh, no, not good news anywhere, really. Um, And so one movie I did not see, which I'm still upset about, but I know Preston watched uh, Freaky. Mm-hmm. which uh, 
comedy horror movie Vince Vaughn and uh, this young teenage girl switch uh, personalities in their bodies. So Vince Vaughn is a young teenage girl and the girl is Vince Vaughn. um, And in the movie, Vince Vaughn is a sadistic serial killer. So this little teenage girl is a sadistic serial killer and Vince Vaughn is the teenage high school girl. So I missed this. I wanted to see it right up my alley. It looks stupid, silly, fun, over the top. I'm all in for it. Preston, please tell me that I would like it. Yeah, I think you would like it. Um, it's it's not quite as uh, fresh and unique as, say, uh, Happy Death Day, which was the same, same director. Um, but it's still a lot of fun. I think mostly just because of Vince Vaughn. Like, it... it like watching Jack Black do a teenage girl, like Vince Vaughn doing it in Jumanji. I think uh, watching uh, Vince Vaughn do a teenage girl was just so hilarious. Um, And man, uh, I, I really would have loved to have seen this as like a legit Friday the 13th sequel, because I think that's, that's what they were going for. Like there's the, the elements of the killer, like how he, the mask that he wears, there's just, and he's very quiet um, is very much a, a hat tip to uh, Jason Voorhees. And so just to bring this whole spin to it in a Jason Lives kind of way, uh, this meta humor would have been so fun and unique. Um, but so there, there was, um, I think it, it probably puts its tongue in its cheek a little too much at times, but um Overall, I think it was quite funny. Um, some people said that it was like one of the most fresh and unique horror comedies since the first Scream. I wouldn't say it's quite that like that, but um, um, yeah, it was also pretty pretty enjoyable. I, I laughed a lot. Good, good, good. And speaking of laughing a lot, we got to talk about Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler's <laughs> Halloween movie on Netflix. I liked it. I mean, it's family friendly, funny, you know, they're having a good time. It's infectious to the audience and it has a really good message. And I, I just, I liked it. I mean, there's nothing scary about the movie at all, but I mean, it's a Halloween horror movie, family friendly, Adam Sandler. And even though he's doing kind of a voice in it and I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. Um, I think there's some things about it that you could be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it pushes the envelope a little too far with its stupidity, uh, some fart jokes and things like that. But um, there's one gag that, man, probably my best, one of my best laughs of last year. And it's, uh, oh man, I'm spacing on his name right now, but the, the, the black guy that's in uh, a pop star, and oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. I'm so, man, I'm so sorry, but I'm, I'm spacing on the name right now. Um, he has this bit with Maya Rudolph where they're sitting in the car and he has uh, these, because uh, he's meant to look like the headless horseman. And there's like something that he's doing with his fingers. He's like eating his, licking off his fingers or something like that, trying to be like sexy for his wife that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, so that, <laughs> that, that was good, but yeah, it's just a charming movie. Um, yeah, dumb, but charming. Yeah, dumb and charming. It's a good one. Um, also on Netflix, 
uh, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Did you get a chance to see this? I did not see that. Okay, so it's on Netflix. Preston's right up your alley. It's basically uh, the Goonies and uh, the Lost Boys, but set in like the wire type of setting, but like not um, not Baltimore, but Brooklyn. Or not Brooklyn, but the Bronx. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's super fun. It's like these group of kids who are just... They're, they love horror movies and they love gore. And then you're like 12 or 13 and you know, that gentrification is a big thing in their neighborhood. And then all of a sudden vampires move in <laughs> and start wreaking havoc. And it's up to these little kids to take about. And it's amazing. And they, they do it really well because it's like genuinely scary. There's gore and there's really funny scenes in it, especially when the kids are talking about their favorite horror movies. And it's really great. Uh, highly recommended. Um, and also we got to talk about the craft legacy, the reboot slash sequel to the 1993 version of the craft. I loved it. Craft legacy. They did a really good job. Um, this is how you do a sequel in this or reboot in this day and time. Um, they didn't really dumb it down. Really. I think there's, they took it in a different direction. They made it more modern. I, I enjoyed it for what, what it was. I enjoyed it too. Um, I was, uh, I was really eager to see it just cause the trailer looked good. I thought, um, and, uh, Zoe Lister, I think that's the filmmaker that, uh, did the film. Yes, yes, um, yes. And she did a really good job with it. Um, yeah, I think they're like the characters were fun. Uh, it didn't, even though it felt like a little bit like, the force awakens in that it's also kind of like passing the torch in a way. Um, the characters feel like, especially after watching the original craft, like I love that movie. Um, and there's probably a lot more thematically that they dig into in the original, but I think the characters felt a little more flushed out in this one. Um, in particular, like I think the, the dynamic between the two the two leads um, were was really good. Um, so yeah, I just enjoyed hanging out with those characters. It felt like a hangout movie, a la Richard Linklater. Um, and they were having thoughtful conversations, um, and it, it felt uh, authentic to the times of what we're going through. And um, in particular, what women are going through. I don't know. I can't speak. I'm just a, I'm just a dude here, but um, it it felt authentic to me. um, Very specific um, of like what a high school teenager may be going through today. Um, So yeah, I I enjoyed it for, for that. Um, I I don't know if the ending completely landed, but uh, I still like, especially the last minute of it, I was like, okay, we need some more of these right now so i hope that's good um also a movie that we just watched it's called hunter hunter directed by sean linden starring uh a now reappearing devin sawa and uh, nick stall Preston watched it i remember and (laughs) i told him he was gonna love it (laughs) and the last five minutes really threw him for a loop i hope (laughs) but it was a really good movie about it's um very similar to hold the dark on Netflix by Jeremy Saulnier. And it is, it goes some pretty crazy places. I really liked it about, it's about a family that lives off the grid in the woods and, um, 
and a wolf that's stalking them. The dad goes out to check it out, and then somebody shows up. Uh, she and, escalates. Yeah, escalates. Yes. So you liked it? I, I remember we talked to the director Sean Lennon about it, and I think mm-hmm. Preston said a great thing. Like you said, something was it? Uh, the the director should be arrested. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was the, I mean, just the experience, especially like what happens. And I feel like a lot of conversation, a lot of the conversation around this film is being, is is centered on that ending, uh, which really is like one of the most shocking, uh, as we said in our last uh, podcast, when we're talking about this, that it's one of those endings, kind of like the mist where it's just, it's just going to be one of those movies that are going to be on most disturbing movie endings of all time. It's just going to, it's in there now. But unlike uh, the miss though, Hunter Hunter has a very satisfying ending. True. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed uh, what, what was, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's like the, the whole movie definitely makes you want to take a shower. There's not, there's not much sunshine in that movie at all. Um, except for like these little moments here and there between uh the the family that uh that i've felt for but yeah once you get about 20 minutes in and things pick up it's just like you're going you're on a one-way train to hell yeah right um so i I liked hunter hunter and the last one we'll talk about before we move into 2021 is a movie that's out now it's a canadian um horror film and a a lot of people are talking about it's like one of their favorites movies i don't think it's one of my favorites but it's called possessor yeah did you watch it i did so what did you think i mean it has uh a pretty decent cast uh, somebody we love called named Tuppence Middleton, who's been on the podcast before, Jennifer Jason Lee, Sean Bean, you know, the man who loves to die in movies. And this movie has a great premise, a great plot, some really good acting. Uh, but I think maybe the execution wasn't all there. What do you think? Um, yeah, I could see me and uh, my friend, friend of the show James Cole Clay had a, a little bit of a chat about this and I think he's he land he cited where you kind of are with uh how things wrap up um I found it really interesting um it felt different to me um it's it just did a lot with gore effects and things like that that just felt like unique um so I I I liked it. I ended up liking it. I didn't know. I'm actually quite surprised that I did like it uh, with a lot of what happens in the film. It really is probably one of the, like Hunter Hunter, except Hunter Hunter's ending everywhere. Um, It's very, uh, it's very disturbing, but um, I don't know. I just, I, it gave me a lot to mull over. Um, And I I like that the filmmaker was, uh, who was uh, Cronenberg's son. Um, yeah, and this is—I mean, this movie's kind of kind of got the sci-fi aspect of where it's about an assassin who can kind of possess or get into other people's bodies yeah. and uh, pull out—not pull out, but um, carry out their uh, missions to kill other people in. And it's a good concept. I just don't know if this. Uh, I, I, I had problems with it, but overall I enjoyed it. But I know a lot of people in the horror um, 
world horror fans like this is like their favorite movie horror film of the year and i don't see it but mm. do you see it uh, it wasn't my favorite of the year but yeah. it, was, um, it was on my list somewhere but yeah it's on his uh, list before we move on there's there's a few other quick ones that i wanted cool to cool cool um so one of the horror movies uh that was uh, shot during quarantine was the host um, i've heard this was good because yeah. it's, it's got the gimmick of all being online and through Skype or video yeah. chats, right? Yeah, and, and I was a bit apprehensive about about that just because, I mean, You've there was a before. Movie. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, um, it felt something like paranormal activity, like it could be cheap and go the wrong way. Um, and I'm also not really interested in a lot of movies that are dealing with the pandemic in some way. Um, there was like this, that, that one movie I didn't even care to watch with like that Riverdale actor in it. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, I don't, I do not care to see that. There's a lock movie called lockdown with Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ojiofor directed by Doug Lyman that I do not want to see either. Um, but this one, I felt like, it just felt like a normal movie that was happening during it, but they weren't really lasering in or narrowing in on uh, what's, what's going on in the world. It just, it's very short. I think it was like maybe a little over an hour, 70 minutes or something like that. And it just cuts out all the fat and you love these characters like from the get go. It's just them hanging out in a room, uh, a zoom room and just chatting with each other. They want to do something uh, fun to pass the time. And so they do, they do a, uh, they have a, uh, a sidekick kind of come on and then they're doing like, I don't remember what it was specifically. This was a lot of movies ago. So I don't know if it was like a <laughs> type of thing or stuff like that, but um, they're, they're just getting in touch with the spirit world, spirit realm and uh, shit goes wrong. Um, but it was really effective. There's like some legit scary scenes that reminded me of watching Paranormal Activity for the first time. Um, so it, it, it borrows a little bit from like from, from those movies in some capacity, but I, I just think for being a 70 minute movie uh, that they quickly did uh, in quarantine, it's pretty damn good. So that was one, uh, one of my favorites of 2020. Um, there's also, uh, four movies that came out from Blumhouse, um, called Welcome to the Blumhouse. And, um, they're all available on Amazon right now, but two of them are worthy of note. Uh, the first one, which thinking about it, even now, I really wish I would have had room for it somewhere in my top of the year. It, it made my top of the year horror list. Um, but it's also a movie that's more of a thriller and you, something like The Hunt a little bit or like the same kind of argument that you can make for The Hunt where you, it's like thriller, horror, you can decide either way. But it, it had, um, I'm spacing on her name right now, but she's in the Kissing Booth movies, which I have not seen. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Wait, which movie is this? Is this Nocturne? Uh, this is The Lie. The Lie, Okay. Um, so this movie was about, and, and Peter, uh, Sarsgaard, 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 one of those, one of those, um, he's in, he plays the dad, 
And so it's about a, um, it's a bit complicated, but it's about parents. Um, they're, they're separated, but they have a daughter together and the daughter is um, may have killed her, a friend. And so it deals with protecting your child, the links that you would go to, to protect your child. So that, that was, it, it got me thinking about that, the fears that I have as a parent myself. I don't think, I hope to God, my son doesn't do anything like what unfolds in this movie, but um, it just felt so real. Um, like the sorts of emotions that these characters were going through the mistakes that they were making because they're just such in shock of like what's been going on. And so uh, just, it felt really scary to me just because of its authenticity as a, as a film of like what's going on in a parent's head if they were to go through something like that. And so that was quite horrific. Um, the, the other one is uh, Black Box. And so when I saw the, both of those movies uh, came out in the same week. And Black Box is a little bit like Get Out meets Inception. So it's a little bit of like uh, getting inside somebody else's head. So, you know, Possessor and everything like that. But um, uh, just a lot of what it explores and even visually had a lot uh, going on for it. Um, so it was like a very solid, uh, low-key horror movie um, that dealt with parental fears too. I think a lot of the movies that came out through Welcome to the Blumhouse dealt with like parental fears and subcapacity. Um, so I really enjoyed those. Um, Nocturne is okay. Just felt like a uh, cheap black swan kind of movie but i but it dealt with uh the music world uh violins and things like that uh versus uh, dance um so it pretty much just feels like a carbon copy of that movie but stylistically like it looks good and things like that but um and the other one was evil eye it's a little soapy it felt like a a soap opera but um I don't know. There was something about it that felt like a different culture's interpretation of Freddy Krueger <laughs> in a little bit, but it dealt with uh, uh, trauma, like uh, one a generation's trauma from a generation and it, it passing on. Um, so it, it was okay. Um, but Black Box and The Lie were quite solid. And you can watch those on um, Amazon right now. I want to see if there's anything else. I think that's about, I think that's it. There might be okay. another. Oh, The Wretched. The Wretched. Uh, that was the IFC film um, movie that came out right before The Relic. And uh, that one also was uh, like a creepy haunted house type of situation, but dealing with like neighbors and like mysterious shit going on in this uh, particular uh, neighborhood. Um, that I thought was pretty effective. It dealt with like a witch. Um, so um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was solid too. And uh, so yeah, check that one out too. There you go. 2020 in horror movies. Check those out. Uh, pretty, 
pretty decent list. I don't say it's not the best year for horror movies, but 2021 is looking like a bad-ass year for some potential uh, amazing horror films. So we're going to go down the list here. So first up, we got to talk about the reboot of Candyman, which might be a reboot, might be a sequel. Uh, this Candyman remake trailer is amazing. The, the footage we've seen looks great. Uh, I'm really excited for this Candyman. Jordan Peele is part of it. Uh, he didn't direct it, but he's producing it. I'm really excited for this. What, you agree? Yeah, I'd probably say it's it's my number one uh, most anticipated horror film next year. Okay, well, this year. Yeah, because we were in 2021. Yeah. Oh, is it coming out in 2022? No, it's coming out in 2021. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Perfect. Um, also, Escape Room 2. Um, I was a big fan of Escape Room 1. I mean, it's stupid, silly. It's the same usual stuff, you know, but I liked it. I I wanted Escape Room 2. I like, you know, gory, ridiculous deaths. So um, Escape Room 2, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, Don't Breathe 2. We mentioned this earlier on the podcast, the movie where uh, a a blind dude is uh, just chilling at his place and then a bunch of asshole teenagers come and try to fuck him up and steal his shit. And he gets revenge on all of them and very rightfully so. And it it culminates in a really gross... (laughs) um, semen-tastic scene. (laughs) And... uh, and it leaves it open for more. And the Don't Breathe 2 is coming soon. I'm very excited for this. Don't breathe again. Don't breathe again. <laughs> Hold your breath. Um, also, I saw that I guess there might be another Resident Evil movie just titled Resident Evil. So I don't know if this is a remake or a reboot of the entire like six movie franchise that um, starred Lilu Dally, Lilu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I like her in those movies. You know, I I have a soft spot for those movies. I just like them. Um, I would say world movies. I do like the underworld world movies. I mean, they're not great. I know they're not good. They're just kind of the guilty pleasures type of thing. But uh, I like Resident Evil more. I guess just because I play the game since they came out. But this one looks looks they looks like they're rebooting it. They might cross over worlds. So Resident Evil's coming up. And then there's one coming out that I'm really interested in, Preston, if you are too. It's called Wendell and Wild. Have you heard of this? Uh no. I don't Wendell I- and Wild. It's Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele. They play two demon brothers who face off against nuns and goth teenagers. I thought uh Jordan Peele wasn't acting anymore. Allegedly he is. Like I research 2021 horror films and one of the big ones was Wendell and Wild. (laughs) So this sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Also, we can put this movie in here, which I think was already supposed to come out, but Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, holy shit. Uh, The trailer to this movie is so good. And I really hope the movie is just as good as the trailer because man, it's got some good people in it. It's got the old people coming back. It looks like they're, they are making up for whatever the trash that was the (laughs) female ghostbusters movie. Um, 
Yes, I think this looks good, right? Yeah, I think it looks fun. Yeah. And then uh, one that we were supposed to see this last year, early last year, but was canceled. I don't know when it's coming out again. Quiet Place 2. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to that. Um, Krasinski is back in the director's chair, but doesn't look like he's back acting. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be Force Ghost style. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, and so Preston said Candyman might be his most anticipated one, but I think one of my most anticipated is uh, Last Night in Soho, horror movie from Edgar Wright, who gave you Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, World's End, um, The World's End, and Baby Driver. I mean, it's got a killer cast. It's horror. It's Edgar Wright. I'm all in. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Last Night in Soho, and then one movie I think Preston cannot wait to see. And hopefully we will have this director on our podcast for a third time. Uh, the, the Green Knight, a medieval horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Preston, you must be chomping at the bit for this. Uh, I am. I've, uh, I have a uh, A24 release this uh, game that's like Dungeon and Dragons, and I bought it, and it's great. And so I'm, uh, yeah. I know it's done. I, I have talked to David uh, Lowry since then, and he says that it's done. It's it's ready to go. So um, I hope they announce a release date for this. I wonder if he can come over and we can have a screening over here, the three of us, and watch it. A private it. one, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get not in... shooting Peter Pan, let us know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in touch with him. But yes, Green Knight, a medieval horror movie that's supposed to be awesome. Um, also, one movie that I'm really looking forward to to see where they go with because it stars Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson called Spiral, which is set in the Saw universe. Uh, very excited about this. I want to see Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson in a, in a Saw movie. There's going to be a lot of motherfuckers in here. Uh, very excited. Yeah, yeah. Very excited. Um, also, the next Conjuring movie called The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I'm, Conjuring 1 and 2, I, I love these movies. These movies still scare the shit out of me. I think they're both great. Um, I'm looking forward to a third one. Um, I'm a little... Uh, I, I love Conjuring 1 and 2. I think they're fantastic. I think they're one of the best horror movies in the past decade. But this particular one is not directed by James Wan. And it's directed by the guy who did The Curse of La Llorona, which is not good. So right. I'm, uh, I'm a little, little fearful of it. I'm, I'm hoping that he passed the reins on because he didn't want to do another one. However, he's going to be a very heavy-handed producer on set all the time, coaching him. Because I think a lot of people didn't like La Llorona. Yeah, but he's produced other movies like The Nun. True. And hey... Even Guillermo del Toro can slap his name on a movie and it can be total dog shit. Yep, you're right. All right, so there's that. Also, I know a movie that we're both, I'm excited for. I'm hoping they do better with it than they did the first one, but Halloween Kills. Um, I, I have very, a lot of problems with that that Halloween sequel. That Halloween? <laughs> Halloween? Halloween sequel that came out a couple years ago. I mean, there's definitely parts that I do like about it, but hopefully they did it right here. Um, Halloween Kills is coming out. I think it's, it, the little footage that we've seen looks pretty cool. Yeah. Let's hope. Um, also, there's a 
a movie called Kilroy Was Here. Do you know about this? No. So Kilroy Was Here has me very extremely intrigued. Kilroy Was Here is coming out this year, and it is a horror anthology movie all directed by Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. So I, I'm one of those people that loved Red State. I think it was amazing. So I can't wait to see this. Kilroy was here. Kevin Smith Horror Anthology. Um, also, There's Someone Inside Your House has piqued my interest. It is directed by Patrick Bryce, who did Creep 1 and 2. And it's kind of a slasher movie with Preston James Wan producing. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, also, the next Purge movie is coming out, and it's called The Forever Purge, which I don't know if things have gone like Mad Max style, and then now every day is The Purge. <laughs> but it's called The Forever Purge, and I am I'm a Purge fan. You know? I like it. What do you think? I like the second Purge, Anarchy. Yeah, I like Anarchy. Because I, I like the first one a lot because it's a home invasion movie. And then they brought the Purge to the actual streets in part two. Step I like the, the, the difference. Huh? Step up to the streets. Yes, the streets. No, so I didn't, I didn't really like the first one. The first one I liked for Ethan Hawke. But I felt like the world was so big that I didn't want it to be so focused. And the characters made so many fucking dumb decisions but in the third one i didn't really like either it felt like they kind of figured out what they needed to do in the second one and then they just blew it up and pushed things too far in the third one and i haven't seen uh the tv show i haven't seen is it first anarchy so the the, is the third one the like the first day the first purge the third one is them doing uh, him, uh, Frank Grillo, protecting the... Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. That's right. So maybe the fourth one was the first Purge one, which I liked, because it shows like the, the prequel, the first one. So I like that. So, uh, no, I like I like the Purge movies. They're, they're not bad. The Forever Purge, I'm curious if it's just going to be a Purge for <laughs> every day. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, also, another movie which might fall in your thriller category horror. It's called The Little Things. Have you heard about this? Yes, I have. Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto in a serial killer movie. Oh, my goodness. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm actually excited about Jared Leto being in it because the trailer makes him look ultra cute, ultra creepy. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks good. I'm excited. Hopefully, it's going to have like the seven vibes to it, you know? Yeah, I hope so too. Um, also, fucking Zack Snyder is making a zombie movie called Army of the Dead, um, or has made it. And I guess after or maybe towards the release of his, um, <laughs> his dumb four hour Dawn of Justice cut. Uh, we're going to get this Army of the Dead movie, which is basically a zombie heist movie. Um, so it's got a good cast. I mean, I like Zack Snyder for the most part. I mean, I can I take him with a grain of salt and I can enjoy it better. But let's hope this, because Zack Snyder gave us the remake of Dawn of the Dead in 2003, and that's still by far his best film, and it is amazing. So he's going back to the zombie genre, and holy shit, I hope it's just that good. Yeah. 
So here's hoping. Um, there's also <laughs> Willie's Wonderland. Nick Cage uh, goes to a family fun center and where animatronics attack him and he has to survive. <laughs> I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> yeah. And then he's so Nick Cage is hosting the history of swear words right now. And I've watched the first couple episodes and it's funny. Like, and it's, it's pure great Nick Cage goodness and it's a documentary about swear words every episode is about a different curse word so the first episode is about fuck the second episode is about shit and it's comedians and maybe like a wordsmiths and linguistic scholars that talk about these words and with a very quaffed very good looking nick cage hosting it all (laughs) but yes him in this movie seems like i'm looking forward to whatever his hair piece is going to be in this next movie Yes, yes, I'm very excited. Um, also, there is going to be another Children of the Corn movie, which I think brings this to the 11th movie, I think. Um, and it's just called Children of the Corn. And it's just, huh? yeah, it's just called Children of the Corn. And I've heard, and I'm very excited about this one because it is a prequel to the first movie, which is amazing because how the first movie starts is when all the kids kill everybody in the town, all the adults in the town and it's amazing so there's definitely some shit happening beforehand that we don't see and this movie is directed by kurt wimmer who uh did ultraviolet equilibrium and salt um which hey not bad directed movies so children of the corn prequels coming i can't wait to see who they cast in this to get to play mordecai and all that good stuff and then of course the new M night Shyamalan horror movie called old. It's kind of loosely based on the graphic novel called Sandcastle, um, which looks kind of really creepy. Uh, Those are the ones that I have on my list that are for 2021, which definitely looks like a better year than 2020 far as horror movie goes. Yeah. Uh, No, no Rob zombie movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's antlers. Oh yeah, Antlers. I wanted to see that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that one looks like it's going to be pretty uh, terrifying and really effed up. Um, the let's see, uh, James Wan has a movie called Malignant. Okay, so Malignant. Which one is this? Is it, is this like a stop motion movie? I don't think it's stop motion. I think it's like another type of haunted house kind of movie. Okay, Malignant. Uh, Let's see. There's not really much on the film right now. Uh, it just says like it's going to be an original story from him. Uh, so is James Wan's directing it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. It's out October first. Um, yeah, that's all. That's all I see at the moment. Uh, it says a horror film that homages the Italian slasher murder mystery genre giallo. Okay. So that should be interesting. Um, hopefully, it's a. Uh, change of pace a little bit i think he's quite mastered the haunted house type of movie but it's kind of like with uh um dang it uh, mike flanagan at this point like dude you have you've sucked out every ounce of milkshake in there we got to get let's uh, let's try a different one right um, right so you're 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 talking about um the haunting of hill house one and two right yeah well a lot of the movies that he's done. Like yeah. 
like Dr. Sleep a little bit. And um, I just want something to feel like unique and different from him. Um, yeah. So it doesn't feel like, well, we got Insidious franchise and we got The Conjuring and all Sinister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we need some new stuff. Um, so there's that. Um, there's one, um, I think this is the last one that I have on my list outside of uh, Welcome to the Blumhouse having three more movies. Um, which I don't know too much about. I just know that they're they're done uh, to highlight uh, female filmmakers and emerging filmmakers. But um, called Red Dot, it's uh, going to be released on Netflix uh, Valentine's Day weekend, and it's uh, there's a trailer out there, and I believe it's in Swedish. Um, it's about this uh, couple who are expecting but I believe that they're having marital problems or just uh, partner problems. And so they're going to uh, camp out in like this icy wilderness area north of Sweden, almost kind of like the Arctic's a little bit. And um, they're just camping out with their dog. And then all of a sudden there's just this red light, like as if like somebody has a sniper rifle with uh, a red dot just shining in their tent and they don't know what's where it's coming from. Um, so from there, it's just like a series of images to show you things are going to get violent and that uh, things are going to get scary and unpleasant. So um, that's like a very low key uh, horror film uh, that I'm looking forward to. And I tend to like those if they're like buried or something like that, where it's just shot like, in one location. Like yeah. that simple. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Sweet. So I think we have a really good list of 2021 to look forward to. I hope, I really hope this year, Preston, we get to see them together. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, Northman, uh, Robert Eggers. I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a horror movie, but I'm sure knowing him, there's going to be some uh, effed up stuff in it. That right. We got to get him on our show. I, I really don't think he would. I talk, <laughs> I've talked to him one time, and then uh, when I talked to him, he I could sense that he was just not looking forward to and did not enjoy the press part of it. Um, so... <laughs> Maybe we just need to ship him a beer or something. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, he's like, hey, man, my bloody podcast. We're just going to have, we're just going to talk about horror movies. No press involved. Yeah. <laughs> we're not hawking anything. We just want to talk horror movies with you. Um, cool. Yeah. That that's uh, rounds out our first, my bloody podcast for 2021. There'll be many more this year. Lots of special guests, lots of good exclusives, hopefully. But we miss doing this. We miss you guys. We love you guys. We look forward to watching horror movies with all of you soon. Um, yeah, we're My Bloody Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Google, Amazon, all of the above. Um, Preston, where can everybody find you at, sir? Uh, you can find me mostly on Instagram at BluRayDad. Um, and you can go to the link in my bio and that takes you to everything that I got going on with uh, the didn't record chronicle and fresh fiction and uh, various other things. It's uh award season right now. So mostly just kind of being wrapped up in that and watching movies like uh, Anthony Hopkins, the father, um, which is one of the movies I think I was hinting at earlier 
of being a movie that delves into dementia and it just goes about it very horrifically. Um, <laughs> um, he so, turns into Hannibal during the father. <laughs> I, you know, it's one of his most, uh, it's probably his best performance since then. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Good, good, um, good. But yeah. Uh, one night in Miami, things like that. So keeping it up. Oh, pieces of a woman coming out pieces on of, Netflix. Yes all good one one night in miami one night in minari i like it (laughs) crossover movies but yeah we're my bloody podcast we love you uh we'll talk with you soon